I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Okay, so I'm super keen to know, Sarah, because you, I don't know, you, what would you call it? You got me all excited about this, some topic you were talking about at dinner just now with Ben. And now I need to know what it is. Yeah. So Ben and Fred, his training partner, Mm -hmm. uh, we got into the history of when women started shaving their legs. (laughs) You do. Although, do you know know, this history? No, I know nothing about this. I'm actually very curious now. This this stood up, honestly, this, I was not expecting the topic to be this great. So, okay. No, I (laughs) I know. I go figure. This is what came up over dinner. And who was Um, Googling this, by the way? Like, did you? Okay. Backstory. Okay. Uh, So these are two runners. They have been shaving their legs for years, but neither one of them has been shaving their legs for a little bit. And apparently earlier today, uh, one of them remarked that uh, he finds his legs, you know, less attractive um, with hair. Mm -hmm. And this, this just kind of spiraled into our dinner conversation. So Mm -hmm. my guess was it had something to do with uh, nylons. Oh, sorry. Where, where were you going? Oh, at? that's a good guess. Yeah. So, and that's okay. Exactly- I'm going to save my questions and write them down and let you tell okay. the story. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, uh, around World War II, mm-hmm. there was a shortage of nylon, and it was seen as unseemly for women to go out with their legs uh, without wearing tights. So, what they were do, what they would do, because didn't have nylons uh-huh. is they would shave their legs and then uh like draw a line up the back because oh, i've seen that time. i've yeah, seen that, that drawing. yes oh that's why yeah. yeah that's why um and it was like culturally untoward somehow to not be yeah wearing but it's so okay it's okay it's okay to paint a line on your leg and pretend that it's nylons so armpit shaving mm-hmm. uh happens Ooh, follow-ups mm-hmm. yeah totally around the 1920s because of uh, the the dresses that were in style then they mm-hmm. women started but I wouldn't have guessed that the armpit shaving would have been you know commonplace 20 years plus before leg shaving isn't this interesting though that's very interesting I thought you would appreciate this yeah yeah I totally do okay so okay first of all I have a question just like random personal question like do you find men's legs more attractive when they're shaved you know, uh, I think it's the athlete part where I appreciate that it's easier to see the musculature. Yes. But I have no opinion, hairy legs or not. Uh, it's just, I've been around so many male athletes that that's, it's weird for me to see hairy legs. Yes. Sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Like, I feel like I've been indoctrinated in that world too. And like yeah. for a long time, or even like, 
okay. Now I'm not really in that athlete world anymore. Right. I don't see that many legs either. Like maybe mm. on the three hot days that we get here in Victoria, but like <laughs> not very often, you know, or I'm not really paying attention. Like I'm not looking at men's legs. Whereas like athletes, like the athletes who had like super nice legs and shave, like I've really learned to appreciate that. Um, it's, it, it is interesting because I think that if I didn't, if I hadn't had that opposite experience, I might say like shaving is like a function of the patriarchy, you know, mm, right. <laughs> we should all just like run wild with our hair, which like that perspective, I totally understand and get, um, because it is culturally normal for women to shave and not for men. Mm. Um, however, like being someone that shaves myself and knows a lot of people who do male and female, I do appreciate like smooth skin, just, you know, and, and men like also now they, they shave more areas of their body than in yeah. the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. Yeah. No, it, it is, it is fascinating. Cause I, I didn't know whether it was a byproduct of being around so many shaved legs, um, you know, mm -hmm. but male, female, mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely have a preference and I felt almost anti-feminist for having that preference, mm. but I, I do think it's as a result of being around athletes and not, yeah. not a gendered thing. Yeah. So that's where I think it's like, that's how I think we should ask the questions, right. Around things like that to do with gender. Like, is it like, I feel like the options should apply to everyone and no one should feel cultural pressure to do something one way or another. Right. right. Like, so that's how I feel like it's not like, shaving is somehow bad, right? If you're a feminist, you have to believe that Harry is better. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like having all the options equally available to everyone, both like on a, on a level of like reward and also like, just like social reward too, um, is the outcome I would be looking for. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's, that is, you know, modern day feminism, the goal. Yeah. If we were going to do Sarah's feminism, that's what yeah. it would be. <laughs> um, and then, okay. I want to go back to the history piece too, because previously, like I was trying to picture, like I was picturing nylons, like we have them, like someone with hairy legs, putting sheer nylons over them, but that's not what it was. Was it, they were like thicker tights. Like they were like skin colored, Mm -hmm. not transparent right. things that, that they wore. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking like world war II era, right. Which is you know, what you said and like put them on their legs over top of the hair. So essentially the hair is not visible. And that's why like shaving and drawing a line is the, became the thing. Yeah. Wow. That's Pretty fascinating. Awesome. Okay. I had, we're, we're in the longest intro ever. I think our record might be nine minutes, so we could probably <laughs> beat that. Um, I had interestingly, so I posted a picture, I posted this story on my Instagram yesterday about how like my one of Rosie's friend's friend from school, this is like at a different school, was did a, she said, oh, my friend did a project on you for, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, and I was like, she did a project on me? I'm like, what was the project? I'm like, of course, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm like super interested. What's the project? Oh, we have to, we had to choose someone that inspires us and write about them. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, so I'm like, oh, who did you choose? And she's like, I chose Taylor Swift. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then I was like, and, yeah. And this, and your other friend, she chose me. She's like, yeah. I said, oh, well, like, what did she say about me? Like, what, what was it that inspired her? And she said, she said, 
Well, it was actually about your car. Oh. <laughs> so apparently blood, sweat, and tears over a career as an elite athlete of building your own business is not the, <laughs> but you buy a pink Tesla. That's it. That's, wow. that's all the inspiration the young, the youngins need. So <laughs> I was like, oh, anyway, I was dying over this and I made an Instagram post about it. And um, anyway, so how did I get there? Oh yes. So then someone commented, this is connecting back to the history about like, and a lot of people tell me this about the connection to Mary Kay and how like Mary Kay, like the cosmetics, it was like a multi-layer marketing company that started by Mary Kay. And it like, um, and she would give out like a pink Cadillac to the highest sellers, whatever as part of this business. So I had never, I knew that, like, that's what I used to know about it. And someone commented about it on my, on my Facebook. And so this morning I got up and the first thing I did was like, read all about Mary Kay on the internet. <laughs> and like, it was so interesting. So she started the business when she was 45 years old. Mm. Right. Which was like really, really cool. Mm. And her third husband had just passed away. And she had a $5,000 loan from one of her sons and she like started this company and she, it was like in the days of like, it's not, I, I feel like multi-layered marketing has like a bad rap as it should, like pyramid schemes are bad, but like it was in the days of like, you know, when people had Tupperware parties. Mm, and, right. And so she started this like high level makeup company. It was like entirely like she was the driving force. And by the time she passed away, um, it was doing 200 million a year. That's yeah. wild. Now the company still exists and does over 3 billion a year and it's run by her son. Um, but I, I was like, I just thought this, this was so interesting. Like this original entrepreneurship of Mary Kay. So I might write about it sometime, but I, I thought it was interesting. I, I love the fact that it all you have been inspired a little bit by Mary Kay's story. <laughs> uh, and this girl is inspired by your pink car. It's a and it's just circle a moment. Chain. Yeah, yeah. So it inadvertently, Mary Kay has inspired the younger generation just channeled through me. Just <laughs> I'm happy to be that conduit. That's it's all good. Um, cool. Okay. So that was our history lesson of the day. Uh, coming up on the show, um, we have a voicemail about an animal who speaks a foreign language. We have a follow-up on the couple's triathlon. We're going to talk about creating company culture and a childcare follow-up. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. 
What's even better is that Amino Co's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230. Whoa. <laughs> and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O, dot com forward slash riding. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy. And I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, IRONWOMEN1515 at orca.com. So Sarah, we had a fun voicemail this week from Brenda. Let's take a listen. Hello, Sarah and Sarah. It's Brenda again. And I am actually leaving you a voice memo that is an animal story with a foreign language rolled into it. Your um, conversation today about daycare. Sorry, Sarah, I can't help you with that. But also um, about the Montessori school and choosing a language actually made me think about my Spanish-speaking Swiss mountain dog. Yes, Henrik, my Bernese mountain dog, who is originally from Switzerland, he speaks Spanish. All of his commands are in Spanish. He, when I lived in New York City, his um, dog walker who walked him from the day I got him, so when he was eight weeks old, started training him in Spanish and doing all of his commands in Spanish. And I didn't realize this until one day I was trying to get him to sit and he wasn't sitting. I'm like, why is he not sitting? I know Carlos has trained him. And then I went, oh, Spanish. Henrik, siéntate. Henrik sat. And so I say, a key to come. I'll yell a key, like across a field, and Henrik will run over. And siéntate to sit. Reversando, if I want him to back up, 
asukama, if I want him to go into his bed. And it always cracks people up when there is this like Bernese mountain dog running around and then I'm yelling commands at him in Spanish, but they work. So I just, you say in the first words out of Rosie's mouth were, were uh, Spanish and made me think about Henrik, the Spanish speaking Bernese mountain dog. Have a good day. Bye ladies. Yay for animal stories. I <laughs> said them. Yes. Please. We have to take best. a moment for that. Yeah, totally. I don't um, know what to say other than I'm in love with, you know, the idea of a dog, a Swiss dog that speaks Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> or understands. I Okay, the dog doesn't speak Spanish. Speak language. Yeah. <laughs> that would be <laughs> would be another pretty level. groundbreaking stuff right there. <laughs> okay, so as Brenda was talking, I was having this utter flashback to like one of my first jobs, actually probably my first job where I got paid for it. I I walked a dog when I was in fourth grade. And the dog was a ridgeback and it was from Russia. It was like from the homeland. Like they were like these Russian folks living on our street and they needed a dog walker. And that was me. And the dog was as big as I was like, this was a large Ridgeback. <laughs> well, that's what it felt at the time. Although now I see Ridgebacks and I'm like, Richie was bigger than that. Like Richie was They're the biggest, still pretty big dogs. <laughs> yeah. Richie, Richie. I just remember him being giant and he was called <laughs> Richie. And he like, when you spoke to him, you either had to say like rush, you either had to speak to him in Russian or like they taught me like how to speak to him in Russian, or you had to speak English with a Russian accent because he did not understand my English. <laughs> and so like for the two things I remember <laughs> is that like that heel in Russian is Riyadam. Okay. So Riyadam Richie, Riyadam Richie. <laughs> that was always what I was saying. And then, cause he was just dragging me all over. And if he didn't Riyadam, I would be like flat on my face. Like he was so strong. And then the other one was like, I had to say, come here in, with a Russian, like with a Russian accent. So it was like, come ya, come ya. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I remember one occasion where like in the park, like we had a big park across the street from this road where I grew up. And, and one time I saw Richie with his owner, like randomly in the park. And I got excited and I was like, oh, come here, Richie. And Richie saw me and starts galloping like full tilt across <laughs> the park <laughs> and like full body slam, like like paws on my shoulder, like down. I remember um, very clearly. I'm like, oh, careful how you use the come yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he came to you. You are, your accent was strong enough that he's yeah. like, that's my person I, right there. Yeah, I knew how to do it. He came to my command. And then like later, you know, when I like, when in like university, when I watch like the dog whisperer, whatever, like I get it. Cause like whoever the dog walks with, they like bond with, if you want your dog to, like you're a dog owner. Um, yeah. If you want your dog to bond with someone, take them for a walk together, that kind of thing. So like now I'm like, oh, I understand why Richie came with such, exuberance <laughs> oh anyway, so thank you brenda that was a real that was a fun trip down memory lane for me i love that mm -hmm. so the couple's triathlon sarah we've had well we had a text message from jordan about it yeah there was a correction they did invite um a same-sex couple apparently mm. so it did make me realize that that's only part of my problem with totally the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I realized that 
I have a much bigger problem with just our cultural bias towards couples. Yeah. Like just the, the default mode is we're all supposed to be coupled up in the world as adults. And Mm -hmm. like, that is so messed up Mm -hmm. because being single is not an anomaly. Like that's not weird. You know, if anything, monogamy is weird, but that's a whole nother. I, I am happily monogamous. I'm in a happy marriage. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the default should not be that everybody's supposed to be coupled up Mm -hmm. because not only does that not work for everybody, but it's, it's just such a weird, weird cultural push that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, and it forces people into unhappy relationships. And I think I just got really frustrated last week because it was on top of Valentine's day and like every happy, happy couple in the world is supposed to post a photo of themselves on Valentine's day. And, Oh, this is my person. And that just makes a lot of people feel really shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, and they may be super happy being single, but it's like, Hey, you're supposed to feel shitty today. And I just, mm. I'm not down with that. And this sort of like format just kind of reinforces that, you know, this is, this is the status quo. You're supposed to be partnered up with somebody. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you on the status quo thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I have a comment with the Valentine's day thing. So <laughs> let's start with the, okay. With the status quo thing, I think I had an experience before, let's see when I was about 28 till 31 ish. 29 to 32, something like that. Um, I was dating a, another professional triathlete and we used to like travel around in like a camper. It wasn't, it was a trailer, but we go to like Arizona in the winter. We did this whole thing. We had sponsors together, whatever. And we were both like blonde haired, blue eyed, like, and I remember a lot of our sponsors were like Canada based. Mm. Right. And I had, I had come, this is back when there were like only like four or five Ironmans in North America. Right. And like we had one year, I had come second and he had come third in Ironman Canada. It was the only Ironman in Canada. And I remember one of our sponsors saying, Oh, just don't break up. No. <laughs> yeah. And like she was kind of saying it, like she wasn't like deadly serious or whatever. But I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Is your money wasted if we break up? Like it, I, I know what it's like to be in a couple like that was treated a certain way, like certain different way by, media certain different way by sponsors um and I found that awkward and uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. um, so I, I kind of have like it's, honestly it's like a micro of the experience that some of these like world-class athletes have in their um with their you know endeavors and like power to them like you can leverage the couple thing for like <laughs> for all it's worth like milk it like that's all fine um but i i'm with you that like and all of that comes from what you just said like a higher level cultural assumption that coupling's better than not coupling yeah um, i don't it, like that mm-hmm. like it's it's oh it's weird okay i hear another story like when because like clint and i are no longer together, obviously, like, I'm not like, and the way that like, it's like for a long time, everyone, I still had one the other day, like where people are like, how are you? <laughs> you know, like, like who don't know that, like who don't know that I'm in a relationship because if they did, they'd probably dial it back. But like, <laughs> but even that is annoying. 
right? Like, right. That like, you know, here I am, like, I'm like exiting my marriage. I'm doing something that's great for myself. I'm re- I like, I've been building my business for all these years. I feel amazing about it. Like in every way that my life is going. And it's like, are you okay? <laughs> right. You like, know, like that's, like, that's what defines you. Yeah. Like I'm better. I'm better, but thank you. <laughs> you know, um, it is strange. It is strange. Yeah. Um, okay. Then the Valentine's thing. So, okay. I have to tell you, like I went through this, like I went through, cause I made a post about Jamie and I, right. For Valentine's day. And I went through this like mental thing, like, because I know that that's true, that a lot of like Valentine's days, po- Valentine's day posts, like will make other people feel badly or feel like they're not included in this couple's thing. That's like socially normal, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's criticized sometimes. And I was like, but at the same time, like, I would like to say something about my relationship. Yeah. Right. And so it's like that funny thing is, it's like, how, like, do I say something? Do I worry about making someone else feel bad? If like someone else's inability to feel happy for me in my relationship is like not, I don't really consider that my problem. Right. And I try to apply it the other way too. Like I try to be really like, okay, if someone's posting something and I think, oh, I don't like that post. Oh, whatever. Like, oh, actually, am I jealous? Like, why am I upset here? Am I, why does this upset me? Like to be really reflective about that. Um, so I think it's, it's, I did go, I did like back and forth about whether I should post for exactly the reason that you named. I'm like, no, you know what? Like, I really like my relationship and I'm going to post about it. Um, And, and I think it is an opportunity to celebrate that side of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, like, there's just something like the, uh, the cheesiness, like, as long as you don't like lean into the cheesiness, I think it's fine. To be fair, but like yeah, there's- I didn't, th- I didn't think you were cheesy, by the way. Um, and if I did, yeah, I would tell you. I'd tell you. <laughs> like Sarah's a little cheesy. Sarah, <laughs> too much. <laughs> Dial it back. <laughs> and I think, like, it's okay to think because there are some people's posts that I was like, oh, I wouldn't post like that, mm. you know, or I wouldn't frame things like that or whatever. It's like there's definitely a to each their own situation going on yeah there. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well couples triathlon like couples I said, triathlon that's where we were mm-hmm. yeah there 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 are positives to the whole thing but there's just something that feels a little off to me yeah so I have I actually also reflected on that couples triathlon during the week because I was like something else is bothering me about it too and I think for me it landed on the idea that like I love, I like spaces like triathlon, like sport, if you're a race organizer to be inclusive. Mm, like, I think yeah. that's a place where we should, aid. there are some places where it's okay to not be inclusive. Like our menopause membership, for example, <laughs> like, you know, like there are some times where people need spaces, safe spaces for themselves and for mm. like, I'd, I'd like self-identified group. Right. And then there's other times where it feels like we need to be, make sure that everyone feels like they have a home in the space. Mm. Like, so sport is one of those places for me. So that's where I like, I'm like, uh, like, so now if you're not coupled up, like I even love, I love the idea of like a partner's triathlon, just like I loved, like, we love the super sprint thing at the Olympics with the 
yeah. the team, the team triathlon. We'd love the team triathlon. It's like essentially two couples, quote unquote, like doing their thing with the super sprint triathlon. Like that is fun and amazing. Um, but like, so like to like actually having like a, a partner triathlon, that, that's cool. I love that. That would that's be awesome. amazing. Just yeah. have that. Like that's the answer right there. Right. Like, and then you could go out and try to recruit like the fastest dude, you know, <laughs> you should go do the triathlon with you. Like amazing, but yeah. Hmm. Or it's random. That would be wild. Ooh, that'd like be a actually, wild card. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. But also very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I like you invite a bunch of pros. They don't know who they're going to be paired with. Could be good. Oh, I love Could be this. Good. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New race format. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Here we go. Sarah's got it. Sarah's coming up with it. Yeah. I, the fact, the idea that you have to be like, just to be a little bit crude, like the idea they have to be sleeping with the person that's your, right. that's on your team is like utterly ridiculous. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, company culture, Sarah. So we had our, uh, on Friday, mm-hmm. today's Monday, we're recording early this week. Um, we had our, like every, you know, I mean to do it like every quarter, <laughs> but, but really so far it's been once a year. <laughs> um, like, a a meeting with all the stakeholders and all the, like, even the people who are on small contracts like yourself with Feisty um, and who are like part of our project um, to just kind of update and go over like why we're here, what we're doing. Um, So we had that meeting on Friday at lunchtime for me. Um, Yeah. So how did you like the meeting? I, well, I was trying to balance um, childcare at the same time. So I missed I think the second half of the call, but I really enjoyed it. So it was, it was, uh, I liked that you kind of put forth like this, these, these are the company values, but then you turned it back around and had us all reflect in small groups about what motivated and drove us, uh, and how that, reflected the company's values as a whole. So I think Mm. that was really important because it's easy enough for somebody to say, all right, this is what we stand for. Um, But then trying to really reflect on how we can figure out what drives us as individuals, how that can help strengthen the feisty brand. I, I really, I thought that was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Did you have time to stay and go into the groups? Yeah, I, I stayed and we, the problem is we didn't want to get out. Like we were just having a great time chatting, That's telling awesome. stories. Who was yeah. in your group? Uh, so I had uh, three people in my group and it was, um, <laughs> you getting someone's name. Well, I don't want to forget. So Carrie was in my group. Carrie, okay. Who produces this podcast? Who, who produces the the group, uh, uh, the podcast, and Catherine? And that oh, okay. was it. Yeah, yeah, it was just three just of us. So okay. Carrie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. Got it. I I felt for a second like I was going to miss somebody, but it, it was just the three of us. Um. Oh right, Hawk was in the the and podcast, Hawk, obviously. Yeah, that's yeah. the fourth person. He was kind of distracting. Um. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was nice because, like, I think there were really. Uh, concrete examples that people had where it's like 
this is this is why what we're doing is important Mm -hmm. i think for me it was more just a general sense of uh you know we need more stories on the authentic stories in sport to bring more you know, to bring more people to the table like mm-hmm. realize that sport is for everybody um mm. and it's it takes different shapes and forms and everybody's welcome and let's celebrate the differences um because i don't think necessarily that uh you know for me genders played a huge role in why uh, well it's been more implicit than explicit um like how it shaped my love of sport mm. yeah whereas i i think for uh carrie in particular like she she had some pretty strong stories about um you know just growing up and feeling like at, being a female athlete she was less than mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i had sort of that experience too or not even that I was less than because I was like, my actual experience was that I wasn't less than. Right. But I observed the world. It was like, I'm not going to have the same opportunities. So, um, because, and I played soccer, right? So like, it's very clear. And I was a good soccer player, like not Mm. to be, but like, I was a good soccer player and I got selected for like, quote unquote, we used to call them all-star teams. (laughs) That's hilarious. I don't think we use that anymore. Like, for like in age groups, like ahead of me, you know, mm. and, and I'd go to like these U S these trips in, to the U S on these soccer tour things. And, and like, there was not beyond, like, I think our highest, um, the highest thing we could think to achieve as girls was like getting an NCAA scholarship. Right. And all of the girls that I played with then on those teams, like all did, we moved to the middle East and other things happened in my life, but like, all of those girls that I played with then went on to do NCAA scholarships. Um, and then, you know, like since then, you know, uh, there's been like a rise in women's soccer a little bit, um, but making, making millions as a professional athlete, was just like, not a, it was not a realistic possibility, mm-hmm. you know, um, tennis, maybe it would be a realistic possibility or golf, but golf, even not back then. Mm. I think all we had then was tennis. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe some figure skaters, maybe some skiers. Yeah. Like the odd random that like goes to the Olympics and gets like a really big sponsorship deal or something like that. Like that's, um, or is like a super standout. They're so dominant that they like that they transcend to the next level. Like that kind of thing happens in, in, and could happen in any sport, but then you're like really rolling the dice on being like the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess where, where I see the difference, uh, you know, most acutely in endurance sport and why I think, you know, what you're doing matters is that there's still this perception that, uh, adult women, like sport is play and it's let, it's something you do for leisure and for fitness, but an amateur male athlete, it's a serious endeavor. And like, I just, that part of it, I, I can't reconcile because like, if you're a serious amateur, if you love your sport at any age, it doesn't, it, that's all that matters. But we, we do kind of compartmentalize. We're like, oh, you know, this, this guy runs marathons in the office and 
you know, good on him, but this other woman, well, she does it. That's, that's cool and all, but what is she not doing? um in that time it's just i think there is a double standard there um, yeah there is and i think it's yeah. still cultural isn't it like mm. it's it's like there's no logical reason for it right it's just like right you know, i mean there's logical reasons for it from historically like how we you know like um how we've evolved as a species <laughs> like we know why we're here but in like modern society it does not make sense that that we have all these like hangover assumptions about what women should and shouldn't be doing yeah it's if you're passionate about something at any age any level that embrace it have fun Mm -hmm. with it Mm -hmm. that's what's important (laughs) totally can you hear rosie gaming right now no she's like shouting okay i'm glad it's not coming (laughs) i was like speaking of which my daughter is going to be a gamer (laughs) awesome (laughs) she's definitely be allowed to play games more than her friends right now (laughs) I love it. So okay, well thank you. Oh now I can hear her. You can hear her. (laughs) They get really animated. (laughs) Um okay, well thank you. I I really appreciated you being on that um on that call. Um those calls, like those, like I get I don't know why I get like nervous and I have all these like extra thoughts that I think are like brilliant. And if I'm like, I'll probably write a blog about the like about the culture piece that I was talking about. And I like I know I'll say things that are like better dot connectors, you know, in terms of like connecting the dots from our values to trying to make cultural change to what we're actually doing. Right. Um, mm. but as it is, I'm like, thank God for these slides. I'll just read them. <laughs> like, you know, it's weird. It's like, I could stand up in front of a hundred people. I don't know. And just go blah, 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 blah. And talk about it. But like, just because of how important it is to me that, um, yeah, the people that we're working with, like that we, we understand that they understand like our feisty values and that also they like relate to them and, um, and that make it their own and that we kind of like adapt to the ways that everyone's making it their own. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's important, especially considering how remote most of us are. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't met most of the team in person. Right. Um, and I'm sure some of your team you've never well, have you, have you actually met, like been face-to-face with everybody or Ooh, at this oh, point, maybe not everyone. So Amy, who's working on the gravel festival uh-huh. with Catherine, I have not met her. In okay. person. Um, I think that I've met everyone else in person. Um, we, I, you know, I've, I've spent like coming out of coming out of COVID, although we've been saying that for a year and a half, but I think we maybe actually are, I don't know, um, that I would, I think a lot about like space and connection and how we continue to, because it's one thing, like when we're all in lockdown and we have to work from home and then we're like, we created this great environment working from home, but it's like, everybody had to work from home. They didn't have a choice. So now it's like, how do we continue to create connection? And like, that's part of why part of not all of like why I got I like rented an office that Ellen and I now work in our new customer service person will be in the office probably a couple days a week we have um like Catherine's coming up this week she's like she's been upgraded to chief of staff so she's coming up tomorrow to she lives in um Tacoma she's coming up to work in the office I I think that that sorry I'm just like now I'm just saying things I'm doing um I think that that like FaceTime is like there's something about that, 
like, yeah. Um, some of it, you know, like some people like really thrive while working at home and that's great, but, um, having those connection points is really important. Yeah. So it's, it, it's going to be interesting for you moving forward, how you blend the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's not, uh, I'm conscious about it, you know? Um, yeah. okay. Uh, what else? Oh yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break first. Let's take a break and come back. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Well, it sounds like Rosie's gaming's going well. Um, <laughs> the gaming, like, apparently we're winning the game upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I like you know that. Like... <laughs> oh, sorry. Can you hear her? Yeah. I like when there's like joyful, it's like joyful gaming. Like right. it's not like pissed off, like the world is out to get us gaming. It's like, we're having a good time. What does she play? Well, she plays a bunch of different things. Um, Let's see. I think she's gone back to like a lot of like Roblox games now. Um, she used to play oh, Genshin Impact. This like this like kind of obscure. It's it's obscure in that like the whole world doesn't play it, but it's not that obscure. Um, I think it's a Chinese game um, or a Japanese game. I'm not really sure. Um, and she was like so into it. She dressed up as a character for Halloween, but. Yeah. I love, like, I do love how, cause they get on calls, right? So they're a call, like an audio call and then they're playing together and they're talking to each other and like, where are you? Which room are you? And they're like strategizing around like how to win the game together. I just like, I'm like, there's gotta be life skills in that. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. It's especially that generation. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I think they're learning things that they need to know. We just mm-hmm. don't w- know what the applications will be. Um, yeah. So while I'm using video games as childcare, yeah. how's your childcare situation going? <laughs> oh my goodness. So still not easy, not finding anything. Um, there, I got a response from a place and for his age group, there's a wait list of 75 people, of 75 babies. So I don't think I'm getting off that wait list anytime oh, soon. But you will love this. Um, Ben, I, I enlisted Ben on the search recently <laughs> yeah. uh, because childcare is not just a mother's prerogative. Um, Correct. Yes. 
Yeah, even though it feels like it, but that's beside the point. And he found a listing for in our in our town. They're mm-hmm. looking for somebody uh, who will be living in their house, uh, taking care of their preschool kids, paying ninety to hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, they are getting two hundred dollars a month towards their health insurance and get to travel with this family and. We're like, how these people are looking for, for childcare. How can we possibly like, uh, honestly, mm. Hawk, you're on your own. Like <laughs> mommy is going to the house down the street and she's getting a like, job. You're like, like 90 to 100K. Are you serious? Instead of getting it, instead of getting a childcare, you're like, taking a job <laughs> totally you could bring you could like put it into the so that you bring hawk with you so you're taking oh, care man. of all of the kids at once there you go yeah for, forget triathlon i'm just gonna watch a bunch of kids for that much money oh lord yeah Is that, aren't you so i mean i don't know if you like me but like when i hear that even like hearing a wage of 100k i'm not yeah i am like i'm like so grateful, so grateful that there are people in the world who want to do that. Like for whom that's their, their like dream job. You know, that's so much. Uh, that's my dream job now. Uh, is it? Okay. I mean, well, so I would not health insurance room and board. Are you serious? <laughs> Everybody has a price. I could use that money. Jeez. Um. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Ben. I've got a new family now. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> they pay me. No, it's just awkward when like I'm walking down the street and I have to be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm already doing childcare. Might mm-hmm. as well get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. <laughs> so when your time in Bentonville comes to an end, you're like, sorry. I've got a pretty good gig here. Totally. I'll just hang out. See you next winter. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that was kind of eye-opening to me. Um, so yeah, I might have to just learn how, like many other people learn how to, uh, get creative. With, Interesting. Is, yeah. is Bentonville like, um, how do I say this? Like, what kind of town is Bentonville? Like, is there a lot of like middle upper class folks? Oh, so this is, uh, the posting was for back in, uh, where we live in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is where you live in New Hampshire. Okay. So yeah. is that, I'm just like, that's because I feel like the f- number of people in different like socioeconomic classes with different expectations on what they're being paid for, for what, like would mm-hmm. definitely change the, unfortunately, because obviously I like, because I think the childcare should be a highly paid position and why not pay someone a hundred grand to do childcare? Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's like, there's like an the underpayment of traditionally what has been considered women's work is like a whole other topic, but like, that's gotta be a factor in how in your search. Oh Yeah. So looking down here is actually really easy. The, mm-hmm. we, we have, uh, well, this is interesting. So while I was gone, I had, I had hired uh, a nanny and mm-hmm. she's been in theory coming um, since, like that's was kind of the agreement, but she keeps on calling in sick. 
so like it'll be a day here and then oh the weather's not good i have a migraine today uh all this week she can't come because she tested positive for covid on sunday so yesterday so it was actually pretty easy to find somebody but um the reliability aspect is a little lacking a little shaky Mm. yeah yeah but way easier to find people listed down here um i just i haven't it's not worth it to me since we're here for such a short period of time to find right so this is at home that you're looking for yeah back in new hampshire yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's the big spender 90 100k yeah yeah that's okay. 70, 75 baby wait list. <laughs> 75 baby. The babies will be grown and gone to college before they get off the wait list. <laughs> I get called in 18 years. You're yeah, finally like you're on the <laughs> If you stay on the wait list, then baby Hawk's children can oh get childcare. Mm-hmm. And okay. Yeah. I realized that I probably should have thought ahead like when he was in utero and booked these things, but come on, hmm. even then. Do you have like, do you have day homes there? Is that a thing? Like, like we have like, we have like childcare where they have like a license and they're like um, a lot of kids in the same place. You might have employees. If, and then we have like, this is Rosie went to a lot of day homes where like an individual mom often started by an individual person who has a child and then realizes, oh, I could just start a day home. And I might, like you just said, I might as well take care of four kids since I'm here with my one kid, right? And then they, and like Rosie really, yeah, we were in that environment, I think one, two, at least two different times, um, which is like great. Cause it's, oh, three. Cause it's, cause it's like a small, um, small group too. I, my siblings and I were scarred buy something like that oh no so Marilyn um had a whole bunch of kids kind of coming into the house it was feral um I mean dirty diapers it was just it was oh yeah no I'm not subjecting my child to that (laughs) when I went to when I went to Tucson before we found our amazing little like Mexican run daycare yeah um, we, when I was looking into it from home, it was incredible. Like I was like, this is the place to live. You could, there were places that were open 24 hours a day. What? Yeah. Because, and, and think about it. Like, this is great because it's like, there's, if you are a single mom who works shift work as a nurse, mm. you could have childcare, right? Like yeah. it's, I'm like, oh, this, this actually makes sense. But I was like, so we could just like, book her. and it was like insanely cheap. Like, it was like, I think you could book like ours. The one that we got was like $20 a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good. Like it was like, it wasn't like, it wasn't Montessori, but like, but like, you know, it was like, they were lovely. Like it was just this amazing place, you know? Um, but we, I did do a little looking, but I, I just thought that was incredible for my experience here in Canada, like 24 yeah. hours a day. Like, I feel That's like going, crazy. I feel like going out and, and having a party, whatever, like going out and getting drunk with my friends, I will just drop off my baby. See, I, I go to bed way too early for that, <laughs> man. I mean, the, the people who, who work places like that, I mean, that's, they're, Hard They're work. working shift work too, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. super hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I respect that. 
in a way, like, I feel like maybe, like, maybe we should have a system like that. That's like well-funded yeah. where people get paid well, like, um, and relatively well. And so that other folks who are working, like if you have a, you're a single parent and you have a night shift at the hospital in the ER, you mm. can go. You yeah. Know, you don't have to choose. Right. Um, so I feel like those kind of things should um, happen everywhere. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have to choose between, you know, taking the, the gig work, you know, living down the street, somebody else's house, taking care of their oh. kids for 90 to hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry. No, it's, I mean, honestly, in the big scheme, like what I do, I'm flexible. Um, it's just, it, it is eye-opening to think of if I were working a nine to five, mm-hmm. uh, if we both were working nine to five jobs, mm-hmm. um, I have yep. no idea what we would do. Yeah. And the, and the mat leave in the U S as like, we know is terrible. Like I thought in Canada, we always, it's always this thing of like, Oh, well, we have better mat leave than the U S whatever. But having gone through that with Ashley too, I feel like mm. actually like she, like she gets F all like, it's like the mat leave amount is so small. Like she can't even pay her mortgage. Yeah. Like we just topped up her salary. Right. Like, cause I'm like, that's the company we want to be. And as right. long as we could afford it, that's great. We like topped her up, but like, I was like, that, that's not realistic. Like yeah. you are like, you're used to a certain, a lot of people are living into like the amount that they're being paid monthly. Mm-hmm. Right. And suddenly you get paid, you know, 55% of that like, and you can't eat, like, <laughs> you know, like you can't eat and pay your mortgage and all your bills. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Well, I'll keep you posted. I'm don't worry, listeners. I'm not actually going to abandon my child to go take care of their, but, but that being said, because I have the privilege that I don't have to do that. Mm. Like, I, I think there are people who are in that position, mm-hmm. uh, where they are taking care of other people's kids to be able to take care of their own. So mm-hmm. I, I do have to acknowledge it and not be so glib about it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. If any, if anybody, you know, is looking for a part-time job in the upper Valley, come my way, come my way. There's a, and in the meantime, we always welcome voicemails from our listeners until next week. It's Sarah and Sarah. And if we were writing. None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We're reaching the top We're reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top